When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Welcome back to Not Another True Crime Podcast. I'm Danny Murphy, and Sarah is staring at me on mute because, you know, recording in New York, there's 500 sirens, leaf blowers, bus honkings coming at her. Sarah, are you ready to join us? Yeah, I don't want to dox myself, but I basically live in a hospital. Like, it is slightly ridiculous. (laughs) It almost, the sound, I was like, Sarah, did you call them? Because it (laughs) felt like they were coming right towards you. Surprise. (laughs) This episode, (laughs) live from the emergency room. (laughs) I mean, this actually would be an episode that even if you were like, I have a doctor's appointment, I was like, Sarah, I have to talk about this documentary, so we're going to have to Zoom with your ZocDoc or whatever. (laughs) This was one of those documentaries where I was like not respecting my friend's time at all. I was like, I don't care if you have a date tonight. Like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm going to stream of conscious text you all my reactions in real time. Every single thing, 100%. It was so good. So you guys, we're talking about the curious case of Natalia Grace. First off, 10 out of 10 name. I love a little like rhyme. Very, very good name and also a very good debut of Max because this is, this is streaming on Max now, not, not HBO. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> very intense. And also, I love we picked it because we were like, oh, it's three parts. That's not bad. Cut to it being six parts. Cut to it being eight parts because there's a part coming out. No. Yes. Wait, but not like immediately, right? No. I think it's supposed to launch like at the end of the month or something like that. Oh, okay. Because I was like, we're going to be behind already. Oh, my God. No, yeah. I started watching it. I was like, let's see what this is about. And I get hooked. And like my boyfriend and I usually watch – well, we're we're trying to finish Better Call Saul, so – we, we usually watch that after I'm done with work. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I just have to binge this true crime documentary. And he's like, okay, no worries. Like, we'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day, I'm like, I have terrible news. <laughs> there are two more episodes of this documentary that I did not know were out. <laughs> but they are out, out and about. And also, this is almost an update case for us because me and Sarah realized yes. that we covered this case while it was like developing or kind of like all the information was out in 2019. Yes. And we were noticing people were like looking into that episode. So we wanted to also give it to uh, give it to you guys even with more because I feel we know so much more now. We know so much more. I don't – I mean we were talking about this. We're like I don't really – I don't think we even took a side back then. No. But I definitely remember thinking like – well, maybe there's something in the middle. Like, maybe she's not 30, but maybe she's not six. Like, you know, you could be eight or Exactly. Whatever. And also, we'll get into how exactly everyone got duped. But I was like, because I was like, how could they not say her real age in court? 
Kato. Oh, I'm so angry. <laughs> Kato. All right. So My let's blood get, yeah. was boiling yesterday when I finished. But so, so we're going to kind of run through the main facts of the documentary, but I want to like leave some things out. But you guys really all need to go watch it. Like it's so good. I feel like they, I mean, aside from Natalia, which I'm like, I don't even know if they showed a thing of, oh, Natalia, we asked Natalia to comment and this is what she said. Like, I assume. They tried to reach out to her. That's the next part. It's a two-part Natalia Speaks. Okay, good. Because I'm like, they really got everybody for this documentary. The one thing, the one person that they did not get that I think would have really, really helped was they should have gotten a child abuse expert. That's very real. Because so many of these like weird behaviors that they describe, I'm like, well, that is a textbook sign of child abuse. Like, really, yeah, it might seem weird if you're a full-grown adult, but if you consider that you're just talking to a child, like, it's not weird. So I think that would have helped put a lot of things in context. It's interesting you say that because my I, I watched with my mom and she was, like, an elementary school principal for decades. And that was – she was saying – because, like, whenever they were talking about actions Natalia did that made yep. her feel more mature, that were people like, she has to be older because – or why is she acting like this? My mom's mm-hmm. like, you know, that's textbook example – of a child being abused and like, cause they Textbook. were studying that and like trainings on that. So it is really, I feel a miss. And I wonder. Yes, totally. Hopefully they include something along those lines for the two parts that are coming up because it seems to be focusing all on Natalia, but that is a really a good point. But they had uh, legal experts and so much of the fucking adopted dad. And so much, so many people like who met Natalia, who came into contact with her. I thought that was really great. They got pretty much everybody except Christine. Fuck Christine. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't think I could have handled both adoptive parents on the screen. No. Yeah. Michael had enough like erratic energy for both of them. He did enough acting for the two of them. Facts. So it is, well, I started, I wrote it to three parts. It's like six parts on Max. Mm-hmm. They so they started interviewing Michael Barnett in 2019, and it looks like they kept kind of interviewing him through 2022, which I'm like, that's a long ass time. Pour one out for the cameraman producers facts that had to deal with this energy for four years seriously so he starts off it's like it's early 2010 life is good i had lamborghinis in the driveway and 14 couches (laughs) (laughs) sir budget what why though like first of all where do you even put that many couches is this like selling sunset where you have like a like six bed 22 bath (laughs) it's also one of those things where i'm like the Lamborghini, sure, that's a brag. They had a lot of TVs. Okay. Yeah. When he he also said they had hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Okay. If you have 14 couches, I'm like, you just don't know how to style or interior yeah. design. And also you don't you don't you don't know what couches are for, I don't it's think. It's not a flex. <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. It's not a flex. They have a, a different couch to they do like a couch pairing with a TV show instead of like a wine pairing. <laughs> oh, we need the lazy boy for this one. They also yes. have a popcorn maker. Yes, that was pretty cool. I love a popcorn maker. So Michael and his wife, Christine, have three sons, one of whom is named Jacob, who has autism and is very, very intelligent. He even gave like a teen TED talk. And I was like, okay. Yeah, that's like, and they were kind of local, like local news celeb Mm -hmm. vibes with him because of him giving TED talks and just being so, so intelligent. Because that's even how um, Christine wrote the book about having like a gifted child and everything like that. So they really know how to, let me put it lightly, exploit all of their children. 
Oh, oof. (laughs) (laughs) No holds barred. So Michael says he and Christine, basically, they go to adopt this little girl. They are given 24 hours to decide if they were going to adopt this girl, Natalia, from this agency in Florida. I don't even remember if the agency reached out to them or how it went, but it doesn't really matter. Because it was a closed adoption, they got basically no information about Natalia, just a Ukrainian birth certificate and a couple of photos and like no information about the family that she was with before them. I think for context, just because I literally binged it all last night, I remember they were going to adopt a baby from Haiti, but then the uh, natural disaster there. So they weren't able to, uh, they paused adoptions, but then like the service got their information looped with the Ukrainian ones. And they're like, we have a child time starts now type of thing. Yes. Okay. You're right. So Michael says that a short while after they adopted Natalia, uh, weird shit started. He says this while like doing jumping jacks on the ground, handstands, (laughs) black box community theater. I literally texted Sarah. I was like, this man is hoping to get a grad degree at NYU Tisch. Seriously. (laughs) And if anybody listening watches and is like, I believe everybody said, well, you can't. But. Then then if you believe every word he says, you haven't made it to like part four. But so he says that Natalia, mind you, they think she's six, uh, showed him that she had full pubic hair. And he says that once they got back to Indiana, one day Christine found Natalia's underwear and noticed period blood in it. And Natalia supposedly confessed that she'd had a period and been hiding it. And I just have to say that like, I got my period when I was like nine or 10. Like, big fucking deal. <laughs> like, you can get your period at eight. Like, it's not. Right? It's not. And also, it wouldn't be a weird thing for her to like hide something she doesn't understand is what's no. going on. Also, because the I know there was a lot of reenactments, but there was a lot of video footage oh, yeah. of her, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what I was like. Why are they filming her doing yes, all this? Yes, I never trust a family who's just like videoing every single minute action. I'm like, for what? I mean, there's like, going to be- why are you collecting be, evidence? It's so- we, I mean, I literally was looking at a thread of influencers who should not adopt children because of how they exploit their children. Oop. And it's- mm-hmm. I was like, why are you putting your camera right in front of this child you adopted's face to say, what did you do with your- what did I tell you you did? I got my period. Like, it felt so mm-hmm. weird. Yeah, it just felt like from day one they were trying to document. So then they're- allegedly suspicious that she's a little older than they bargained for. So they meet this other little girl in India. So also to caveat all of this is like Natalia has this very rare form of dysplasia. Uh, she's a little person and it's, they, they I think they said like 3,400 people yeah. total have this form. So she's like very, very small, you know, has trouble walking. So, which also I feel that's important to add in for some of the claims they say about her down the line. Right. Cause I think that's the only reason this story like took off in the first place with any sort of credibility because someone without this kind of disability, like you can clearly look at them. I don't care what your skincare routine is. Like you can literally be like, no, that's a child or that's, okay, no, that's definitely an adult. <laughs> I can't walk in. I don't, I, I like, I can't, I don't even get carded to rent a car anymore. You right? know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no, yeah, duping people. Exactly. So they meet this other little girl in Indiana who has the same form of dysplasia. And they said the other girl just looked so much smaller and younger. And they interviewed the mother of the girl who thought maybe Natalia was a teenager. The The girl herself, the other little girl, also thought maybe that when they first met, she was like 18 to 20. 
so that was another possible thing. And the other thing is that Natalia doesn't seem to remember anything about Ukraine, doesn't appear to speak Ukrainian despite being there for the first five years of her life. But I'm like, if you were traumatized. That's also, wouldn't that also <laughs> make more advocation for her being the age that she said she was as a child? Because like, what do you remember about being three? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, exactly. Yeah. It's also like, it doesn't know that she, I don't even think that she doesn't remember things or she doesn't know how to speak it, but like they would just bring up random people to start talking to her in Ukrainian and she wouldn't respond. And like, <laughs> I wouldn't like, either. I'm a scared child. <laughs> I'm a kid person come up to be speaking English to me. I didn't know. I'd be like, um, what's going on here? Yeah. Also, it is interesting too, like the age thing. It's like these two have the same condition, but they look different age. Like I looked 45 when I was a child too. So I mean like that's also just that. Like I literally had a car I had like a, a an old navy cardigan in middle school. Like I I I got you know what I mean? There's layers. And like a rolling backpack. Oh, I never had one of those. They show this picture of her next to the little girl and they had they took two pictures and they were oh. like in one of them like her face looks like you know, more gaunt like an adult, like you lose the baby fat. And then they claim in the other picture, she puffed out her cheeks to look younger. But then if you look at every single other picture and video they show of her, she has like baby fat because she is a child. They tried to make it like she was so calculated. She knew to like puff out her cheeks to seem younger for that photo. But it's like every other photo you're showing of us looks like the one where she supposedly has her cheeks puffed out. <laughs> and also, why do I feel like that's just like a pose everyone did as a like a pose you knew as a kid you just like puff out your cheeks yeah or just a thing to do yeah i don't fucking know it's so yeah so the way the doc starts out they really kind of the first i feel like one or two parts goes into a lot of the dark shit the family says that natalia like tortured them Mm -hmm. so this is all from michael's point of view they said that she would do things like get in the car and if they saw someone looking at them she would throw herself out of the car and he was like, she would do this to make it seem like she was like a helpless child. And I'm like, there are so many points. Where I'm like, I, are you equipped to be parents? Because even also, if a child- yeah, why like, don't you have child locks? Child locks. And then also it's like, yeah, I maybe a little kid like acts out for attention because they want attention because they're a child. Yeah. He also said that she would hide toys that her brother loved and throw them into traffic. So to basically, allegedly, so that they would, the kids would like dart into traffic. Into traffic and get, so she was able to calculate all of that from his point of view. Right. She would take kitchen knives and hide them in her bed. And there was one time where he was like, Natalia, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm waiting for you to sleep because she said she wanted to kill the Barnetts in their sleep. It's also through all of this where he compared her strength to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, I wrote that. It's he like said, she's got guns Schwarzenegger would be impressed with. And then they interviewed actual disabled people and they were like, no. I mean, here we'll get into like a therapist diagnosed Natalia with sociopathy. And they recount this moment where she put pledge in the mom's coffee, Christine's coffee, where like that was one of the main things that was discussed when the for- story first came out. My thing with all of this, say all of that is true, and I don't know, I don't have kids. What is your home like where you have knives and pledge around? That's for a fact, child, actually. And especially also a child who is not like, it's not like she's, I mean, the raging question, it's like she is not at like the average height that could go. It's not like they're like, well, I can't put it in our cabinets. Like they would be able to have solves for that. That's actually so true. 
That was like, all I was thinking just leaving this, this shit on the ground. Like, that's a good point. Because how would she be able to grab Pledge from somewhere, Pledge or Bleach, pour it into a coffee where her adult mother is putting her coffee cup? That's a and good then point. And get away. Wait, that's such a good point. The way it's like watching this documentary, I was just on my couch like, put me in, coach. Yeah. I have things I want to fucking say. Yes, totally. That's such a good point. To add on top of that, they tell this story about visiting this farm because one of the sons wants to milk a cow. Can't relate. I'm not but, yucking okay. someone's yum, but you know, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. And they have to sign this. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they have to sign this waiver saying they won't sue if they get hurt by the electric fence. And Michael said when Natalia heard this. This is him in like peak acting mode, by the way. Peak, uh, very, you know, Meryl Streepian, or like he was trying to be like Lady Macbeth out damn spot. (laughs) He said her eyes lit up like a Christmas tree and said, we don't get sued. I'm happily signed this waiver. But I was like, what place is going to make a child under 18 sign a waiver on their own behalf? Like, that's just simply not how it you, works. Ex- a guardian has to sign the waiver. Yes, exactly. I'm like, what place is accepting a signature from an eight-year-old or six-year-old as binding? Like, what are you – do you even know how to write scripts? Like, <laughs> No! Because that's what I'm like – and also, how does she know the details of, like, what an electrical fence is, all this stuff? Like, an eight-year – like – just be like, that's bad. Not knowing like, oh, yeah. the ripple effect of chaos I can cause right here. Yeah. Then this is when, yeah. So he said that Natalia tried to pull Christine into the fence with her Schwarzenegger guns. And Christine has lupus, so she's not as strong. Which I, like, I, they didn't get into her diagnosis. Yeah, that only came up one time. She very well maybe does. I also just need to reiterate that all of the people who had similar situations to Natalia would be, yes, still even then, I could not personally pull someone triple my size into an electric fence. Yeah. Natalia then supposedly was screaming, you effing bitch, I'm going to kill you. So the police got called. And at this point, they wanted her to get arrested, but the police were kind of like, um, okay, so they took the her to the hospital. are like, we're not going to arrest a child. Yeah, they're like- For um, something that did not happen, you know? And they're like, but you don't understand. She signed a waiver. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand it. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going. But there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. 
F-O-O-D-S dot com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So then the hospital transferred her from the children's wing to the adult wing after they discovered that she had pubic hair. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is like extremely imprecise method for a hospital. Like 12 year olds have pubic hair. Like uh, how, what are you talking about? Like that is completely nonsensical. But I know it's also just interesting that there was like, I would have appreciated more like records of this like explicitly being stated for everything because it was kind of just from like anonymous people at the hospital and stuff because yeah it's just a furthering because we'll get into it that it's like did she actually have pubic hair was she actually getting her period these are all things that are called into question and- i just still can't i'm sorry i just still can't believe that a hospital would put someone with adults just because they find out that she had pubic hair i'm like yeah I took notes on this, but I'm like, did I misremember? I'm gaslighting myself now because that just doesn't make any sense. No, literally not at all. That would mean you would put like 13-year-olds with adults, theoretically. Like, what What? are you, what? There's no way. The staff of the hospital further described her as very manipulative and very sexual, propositioning the male patients. And this is also really one of those main examples. And we even get in, like, I feel one of the neighbors she has also had a freak out about this, but it's really a sign of a child who is being sexually abused. Just That's what I thought immediately. I was just like, okay, maybe she's not this like weird temptress that you guys are trying to make her out to be like, this is so obvious. And again, you are a hospital. Like, how do you yes. not know this? I'm just a random ass person. And my first thought was, wait a second. So this is March 2012. So police respond to a report of child neglect. Um, Apparently, Christine made Natalia sleep outside on their back deck. And then Michael says after three hours, he let Natalia back into the house. Like, Uh, what the fuck? Who would do that to like the things they were saying? I was like, how are you even allowed to have any children? Seriously, it's so fucked up. So the police get called. The police officer who responds notices that Natalia hasn't grown at all since she first arrived in the U.S. And he's like, you know, if you're a child, you should grow. Uh, (laughs) And so he thinks the birth certificate from Ukraine is fake and recommends the Barnett's get a new one. It's worth noting that the police department was not able to confirm or deny this alleged conversation. And in fact, later on in the documentary, they show one email to the adoption agency where this same police officer writes, it appears she is a child. So I'm like, BRB, let me just FOIA for those reports real quick. (laughs) Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I'll come back in like six to eight business months (laughs) with that information. That's all redacted. So this like is just when it goes like just, I don't know. I'm like, how? So many of these points, I'm like, how is this possible? So they go before a judge. And the judge just kind of like 
makes up her age. Like he says, oh, if she hasn't grown in four years and you stopped growing at 18 and that was four years ago, now you're 22. And let me tell you guys, I have not grown <laughs> past like the sixth grade. So therefore, I disapprove of this message. It really was like the judge was in their L Woods being like, well, four plus eight is dun, 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 dun. But I, my whole thing is like, I don't know about you, but I do not think she's feeling 22. Like that yeah. is just an insane, no. that like where, and also the whole thing with this, I'm like, can we call a doctor? Right. They didn't call a doctor. And the other thing was, I remember when this story first broke, they were kind of giving all these reasons that seemed legit as to why someone with her form of dysplasia, like you can't test for age or something. But I, now I'm just like, okay, no, that was totally a lie. No. And I and I also feel coming into the next point, they like almost used in the tabloidy conversation when it first broke of like she's living on her own she's an adult it's like yeah, she was know, not thriving she was not thriving and now we realize get please get into how the how she came to live alone yeah i just can't believe that a judge would like i mean i can believe it but it's just like hard to wrap your head around the fact that a judge would just like essentially make up an arbitrary number just based on like their own like assumptions it's so i guess that's what you do for sentencing but you know what i mean but like not but like that that's with some facts and stuff presented to them not just like Like there wasn't even a hearing it was just they didn't call like any doctors it was just this judge being like okay (laughs) the the tiktok if two plus two is four literally (laughs) so they end up finding natalia an apartment and they pay for three months rent up front and she's on food stamps which i'm like how are you even as like an adult, I feel like it's hard to navigate government assistance. Right. So they ended up interviewing a couple of her neighbors. Um, one neighbor says Natalia told her she's 22. But again, she was kind of like, well, legally, I am 22. Mm-hmm. But this neighbor noted that her parents didn't take good care of her. Other neighbors noted that she didn't have good hygiene practices and she really wasn't self-sufficient. So then the Department of Child Services reopens their investigation checks on Natalia and she says Michael and Christine only give her food every two months and then she kind of becomes like overly attached to the neighbors and would like enter people's houses unannounced Uh, one of the neighbors described her as scary but again I'm like this is a kid with like attachment issues because she's been abandoned it's not like she would enter the apartment and be like I'm gonna get you she went in the apartment being like I'm hungry or like in the looking in the fridge yeah and also to all these people, I was like, if you're going to be like this, lock your goddamn door. Well, I know, right? Because <laughs> they were like, why is she coming in? I'm like, all she's doing is going in the fridge to get like a bite to eat. And you said that she has no one taking care of her. Who's taking care of you, woman with the 28 Eiffel Towers? <laughs> I'm just saying. Everybody really pissed me off on this documentary. Yeah. I mean, honestly, some of her neighbors were pretty torn on like some thought that she was an adult. Some thought she acted like a child. And then also, like, they observed some of the sexual behaviors that we don't really need to get into again. But mm-hmm. it's just like, again, just kind of seems to me like a sign of abuse. So then Christine finds a new apartment for Natalia because the family's moving to Canada because Jacob was invited to do his master's at, like, age 14. So I'm like, damn, drag me, Jacob. I, I know. I was like, uh, <laughs> okay. I was like, almost, I, that was another part I had to rewind. Just be like, what's going on here? Yeah, seriously. So yeah, they just decided to up and head to Canada. So now it's 2015 and they are fully living there. 
And they moved Natalia to this high crime area. Like even the people that were interviewed that live near here were like, I wouldn't let my kids walk around here unattended. One woman said, I have my weapon on me in my home. she's strapped. (laughs) I have my weapon on me in the street. She's strapped. And I, yeah, and should she, I'd I'd feel safe. Even though Michael says on camera that it's a nice part of town. And also it's the best place possible for her. Wouldn't that be with a family that would care for her? I digress. He sucks. Um, Also, can we talk about the one guy who gets interviewed fully shirtless with like a herniated belly button? (laughs) And also, they didn't have to go pan that low for that reveal. They truly did not. But they they did. Uh, (laughs) They did. Her neighbor in Lafayette, yeah, so said the first impression of Natalia was her saying that she doesn't have any food and she needs to call her parents for money. So then she was like, here, use my phone. And then Natalia just kind of looks at her like, what do I do with uh, so this? Just, yeah. What do I do? So it shows that she doesn't know how to use a phone, know any numbers to call. And during this time, there's like social media exchanges between Michael and Christine. She loved a Facebook message, this Christine. Which is weird. I'm like, you guys are still husband and wife at this point. Like, why don't you text? <laughs> I wonder, maybe they were on the out. Maybe. Them? And yeah, she was very weird and had a very interesting photo (laughs) for this. So they were like kind of like scheming to make sure Natalia doesn't talk to people in Hamilton County because they don't want to be reported again. And they were like, you didn't pay the electric bill. She didn't have electricity. So just think about. And also to add all this, they put her on a second floor apartment. And with her disorder, it's not easy to walk, let alone go up. I think it ended up being all in all like 15 steps. And also they wiped all the contacts on her phone. So she couldn't, like, so that was, like, why she didn't have any numbers or anything in her head. Because it was, like, she didn't know how to reach anybody. And Michael was, like, you know she remembered the number for Hamilton County, like, I don't. I, I, I remember, like, the five phone numbers I learned in elementary school. I don't even know my boyfriend's phone number. I know his area code. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, like, yeah, my one call Callie. in jail, unfortunately, would not be to him because I don't remember his number. So No, it'd be, like, to my childhood home where nobody lives it anymore. I'd, I would I don't call uh, JG Wentworth 877-CASH-NOW. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call 678-555-8212 and hope someone will kiss me through the phone <laughs> and get me out. <laughs> oh my God. So the, yeah, so the apartment is really, really obviously not ideal for her. And Natalia disappears for a couple of days and apparently is living with a woman named Cynthia who... Shout out to Cynthia because oh she is her currently adopted mother. She's a real one. Like, love Cynthia. She's a really cool dancer and a really cool. <laughs> At this point, the Barnett was such a deep cut. Concerned. Oh my god, you deep, guys! If you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. They accuse Cynthia of stealing Natalia's food stamps money and social security payments, but it's more so. I'm like, you mean they're giving Natalia her so? Because if you're claiming she's 22. She should get her social security state payments. Well, that. I'm also like, you're mad that she's taking the money that you were taking. Apparently, Michael was taking Natalia's social security and allegedly using it to pay her bills. But I'm like, yeah, the math doesn't math because if she's an adult, she should get her own social security payments. Like, you can't have it both ways. Exactly. You have to pick which lie you fucking want to go with. Sketchy mix sketch. So at this point, a new detective gets on the case. He talks to Cynthia, who says she tried to get legal guardianship of Natalia, but the courts wouldn't allow it. And Cynthia went on to say that Natalia is really afraid of Christine, which we can understand why. But uh, Cynthia had like Natalia, like living with her and her family. There was, and there were videos of them not doing anything, just like cute shopping and stuff. So it seemed like Natalia really, thankfully, had a safe haven yeah. there. 
So now we get back to Michael, who says Christine abused him, and she stayed in Canada with the boys, and he's back in Indiana. This is when he was like, I was sexually assaulted by being withhold sex. Yeah. But that was the first step in when the doc changes and he's like, oh, me and Christine, no, we're now enemies. Yeah. He gets this, He gets visited by a detective and he accused Christine of being the mastermind behind the whole thing, choosing Lafayette because she says, quote unquote, it's a white trash town. Oof. And that quote goes back to kind of bite them a little bit, not really. Oh, yeah. Michael admits to the detective that at this point in 2019, he thinks that she's 20, 22, which means she would never, a, an adult, when they first dumped her off. So like your story just did not match. He basically admitted to lying. Yeah. And he was like, well, Christine told me to. Right. You're a grown man. And like, this is a child. It's not like you're li- like, that's where it's, I'm like, I can understand being like coerced to doing something, but it's like, you're, you're endangering a child. And that is exactly what he got charged with and child abandonment. Yes. Also, I just have to say that like the first half of the documentary, I feel like is very, is she a child? Isn't she? But then mm-hmm. you see the photos of like her when she was with the Barnetts and her now and you also see the videos and you're like she clearly had the voice of a child her voice yes like when she's on dr phil and stuff is so much deeper her face looks so much more mature like this is clearly not even a thing it is so she literally sounds like a kid like it's so obvious Fully. fully and then in 2020 an investigator finds natalia's birth mother's sister in Ukraine and they call Natalia's mom who says that she's been going through this saga for 17 years which would put Natalia's birth in 2003 not 1989 as the court claimed and then there's just this kind of weird thing where like they Natalia's first adoptive family kind of rehomed her I don't know if that's the right term they sent her back to the adoption agency after like a year and tried to kind of get a few disabled couples to adopt her but there was perhaps a financial element involved because they would tell the couple that they would have to pay 25 grand in like legal fees. So two couples were kind of uh, prospective parents for Natalia and they were both just like, I'm getting weird vibes. So they didn't end up going through with the adoption and also the adoptive mother. One of the couples just were like, yeah, let's get, you know, let's get a psych evaluation. You know, this is a child who's been through a lot. Let's just make sure what's, we know what's going on. The adoptive mother refused. So they were like, this is kind of a red flag. Yeah. They did both think that she looked like a child and they were both just, and again, the, both of these couples were little people and I don't think they had the same form of dysplasia, but they were like, yeah, like it's ridiculous to be afraid of a child. Like I cannot take out a fully grown adult, you know? Well, also because it's like they were going through the steps to try to maybe adopt her. Like they would not be trying to adopt someone who was not a child if they wanted to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also to add to that, um, Anna, the birth mother, it was um, interesting that the story, like the background she gave that like when Natalia was first born, like she would have had to pay like a hundred grand in medical bills too. Yeah. If they didn't adopt her, yeah, it was just... Well, I think just because, like, to have surgeries and things like that. Yeah. And so what's also interesting, it comes out that you... I mean, you have to fill out, like, a ton of forms, right, in order to... And do, like, background checks and everything before adoption. So the Barnetts lied about having had domestic violence incidents at their home before they adopted Natalia. There was this one allegation where Christine 
alleged Michael pushed her and put her in a headlock and like very serious shit. And a neighbor said she never saw anything physical, but she would hear like screaming. And it's just like, why didn't they do any sort of background check? That's I'm like, even if like even asking people around to be like, hey, what's this family like? You know what I mean? Like if there's no. Because, like, the fa- oh, my God, that nosy neighbor, I mean, she did annoy me at times, but, like, she had some insight with this, where it's, like, they don't check with any of that for adopted odd. parents? Yeah. Very odd. So, and then, oh, yeah, you guys remember that incident with the electric fence? So, the interesting thing is there were actually witnesses to this. Mm. They interviewed a couple of them. One witness says when they were called over to the fence, Natalia was calm, and there was no mention of Christine being threatened. He actually said Christine seemed to be making the situation worse. And then they also interviewed uh, someone who was working at the farm that day. <laughs> and they were like, if someone fell into that fence, could they get hurt? And he was like, no, that part of the fence wasn't even turned on that day. So. <laughs> not that they would know that. Like, not that Natalia but, would know that or Christine would know that. But still, there was never any risk. Intimate danger. And then this is the first time like Michael really changes his story. So they interview Michael like later on. It's I think it's like 2022, right? Mm-hmm. So when in 2019, when they first interviewed Michael, he says that he was like 40 or 50 yards away. He heard Christine screaming and they they run and they see Natalia trying to drag her into the fence. And that's really important because now later on. He's like, he didn't see what happened because they were running like a mile and a half away through the forest to get back to where the fence is. So he's so, like, always changing so you his lied. stories. Yeah. yeah. That's a th- and I feel like it was important that they had those interviews so far apart because you were able to just cement the deceit that he brings to every conversation. Yeah. And then in 2019, Natalia is interviewed by like a forensic investigator for the prosecution for this child abandonment case. And basically, like she just describes a thing where, you know, Natalia gets dehydrated and sits down and then Christine goes to pull her up and falls. And Christine called the cops because she thought Natalia was trying to pull her into the fence. And also, like during all this, Natalia said that like she they had bad shoes for her. So her feet were bleeding. Yeah. She was like vomiting, not feeling well. So was not in a state of being able to overpower her adopted mother to Schwarzenegger her into a fence. Yeah. So then in a deposition in October 2022, Natalia says she never agreed to go to Lafayette. Christine just took her there. She denies harming any of the neighbor's children. She says that the sons, the Barnett's sons physically abused her. And then in the documentary, Jacob admits to this one instance where he was instructed by Christine to urinate on Natalia's bed as kind of punishment because Natalia was allegedly urinating in places other than the toilet, like, you know, her bed, which, again, is a very textbook sign of abuse. And also, like, that's not a vindictive act like no. kids wet the bed that's what i was I mean, that just is something that hap- like you know what i mean it's not outlandish or malicious no exactly that's so twisted to like think it and it's also crazy too with all of that like we we're talking about jacob the other two sons like do not have a relationship with the parents with michael oh, with michael yeah okay oh they still talk to christine oh that's interesting yeah so they still live with christine apparently and don't talk to Michael. 
And Jacob just in the base. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So cutting to the present, which is like the last two parts of the doc, uh, Michael and Christine were both charged with child abandonment. <sighs> he was acquitted in October 2022. I'm so pissed about this. But the reason why this mainly is how that went down was because jurors weren't able to hear key evidence, namely that Natalia was born in 2003. They weren't allowed to bring up the birth certificate. They weren't yep. allowed to like do any of that. There was even a doctor who was being talked to before begging to say like, I look, her growth plates were open. That's a child. Once you turn 18, your growth plates close. So that is a telltale sign that she's a child during all this. Even a juror that they interviewed after was like, Mm -hmm. we all knew he was guilty, but we had to go with what the judge said. So they all had to like sigh and say not guilty. What's interesting is I remember even like in 2022, I kind of remember these headlines, not even these headlines coming out, but I was like Googling like, oh, what's up with Natalia? Like, you know, I, and then I saw that Michael got uh, acquitted of child abandonment and I was like, wow, I guess she was an adult. And then it's like, oh no, nobody knew. We didn't know really until this documentary that they weren't even allowed to reference her being a child or an adult. So that kind of just throws out almost all the charges basically like they just had to prove that they neglected a disabled person yeah which is harder to prove especially if that person is supposedly an adult because that's like even the people are like well what do we refer to her as if she's not a child it's like a person yeah a person but okay also can we just talk about like the way that michael acted in this entire bit it was like giving me Michael Peterson energy. Yeah. I just did not like it. I really did not like it. I was telling Sarah too, it seemed like him and his counsel were treating this like a fun reality show of like, yes. let's have pizza and beers before. Oh God, running all around. I'm like, shut the fuck up. He was literally acting like his lawyers were like the cool kids who like let him hang out with them. You know, he seemed very yeah. like the way he was talking about the lawyers was like they were the dream team. I'm like, relax. He just seemed very like, I don't know, happy to be yes. doing this, oh, to be filming over this trial. the moon, like in the bathroom. Like it was his, his moment. Hands. It was his moment. All I wanted to do, and maybe it was the jersey me coming out, was be in that courthouse. I would walk right by him and go up to his mother who was with him and be like, you raised that. Know that. Oh, goodbye. Also, his uh, his tears were just very <laughs> Sandoval. <laughs> Shut, I, like I literally almost, I was going to lose my fucking mind watching this. Yeah, it was the way that he acted while being filmed for this trial was really off-putting. I'm like, we can't say the word child, but he was acting childish. Like, yeah, like he really was just treating it like it was his big audition moment, like very over the top, very weird. Then right after he was subpoenaed to bring evidence to Christine's trial. Mm hmm which also ultimately was dropped due to a lack of evidence. And Michael is continuing to blame this entire thing on Christine, calling her manipulative, a liar, controlling, all of that. He was like, we were all abused in that household, and Christine was the purveyor of abuse. But he also, at the very least, completely enabled the abuse. Like, even the instance where he talks about, like, her sleeping out on the porch, like, you let that go on for three hours, yes. allegedly, before you supposedly stepped in and stopped it. Like, that's too long. Well, that's why it was one of the interviewers who was like, how did you allow this? Yeah. Also, how did she, yeah. how did he get a new woman? I mean, Ted Bundy married someone that's tr- 
like on the stand. You That's know, true. It just, I was like, God damn, I guess it's I hard to know. date in Indiana. So yeah, all of a sudden she's talking about all of this, like that Natalia was forced to stand her face to the wall for eight hours. And then Michael just like, he said he came home and like watched a movie. Yeah. And he was like, and she was still there. I'm like, again, hello. He also said a very graphic detail that like he watched Christine beat Natalia multiple times and he even tried to like record it once. Yeah. He like, oh yeah. He said he tried to record it. And then she was like, how could you betray our trust? So I'm like, also, why were you bringing none of this up to any authorities or anything like that? Well, he's, I guess he would argue that he was afraid. It's just like, oh my God. I just, and like, that's such a warranted thing for a lot of situations, but it just breaks my heart when it's like at the expense of a literal child that you have never cared about. I mean, about. regardless of what happened to him, he he still failed this child. Failed miserably. And, and what gets me even more heated is that he failed her. And then instead of trying to do the right thing, he's treating this trial like the fight of his life and is so exuberant when mm-hmm. he gets acquitted where it's just like, okay, if you really were the victim of abuse and Christine really was putting you up to this, why don't you tell the truth and take accountability? That's the thing. Be like, this is how you could make it right in the world. Yeah. And then um, there's this DM from Michael to Christine saying, you beat the holy hell out of her. She deserved it. And Christine saying, whatever, she's evil from 2013. So also, she's not denying doing any of that. She's not denying it. So... That just got me so mad. And then I started looking up double jeopardy oh. statutes because I'm like, he he basically admits to it, right? Like yes. he, in this documentary, he's admitting to her being a child and kind of says the only reason he's talking now is because he was, double jeopardy is protecting him. But I'm like, can they get him on perjury well, now? Also, like, can, can you get him on whatever was in that laptop that he shut? Oh my God. Yeah, that was a crazy moment. Because it seems like- Maybe. We- from what I'm inferring, it was like Christine was trying to traffic or exploit Natalia. Yeah. And I we can't really connect any dots there because they didn't go into that, but maybe they will get into that in the two-part series that's coming out later this summer. And also, they dropped charges against Christine in March 2023 due to lack of evidence, but I'm hoping that they will refile i hope so especially after this push that i hope it's getting or maybe they'll go for something more serious than just i mean not just but then abandonment like maybe who knows i'm also i mean i know she has a relationship with the two kids but i'm also like how were she raised how were they raising them as well you know what i mean it just seems like an like they don't get into that but it's just there's a lot of questions that I, and a lot of justice that's, that needs to be doled out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but. I don't even know what to say. I'm just stammering. Like It's, it's so much, but definitely watch it to, because it really did change my outlook on this case. And I'm really glad that I did watch it. Infu- it infuriated me. But now I feel like Same. I know so much more about it. And I'm very much looking forward to hearing what Natalia has to say in the continuation of it. Me too. I'm also like, where was all this stuff in, you know, 2018, yeah. 2019? Like, I feel like all we would have needed was one video and we'd be like, okay, this is a child. To your point, he was waiting to dull all that out until he was scot-free. Yeah, until he made his improv team and (laughs) whatever. garbage, my God. Yeah, so watch the documentary. Tell us what you think. Um, Let us know what other documentaries we should watch. 
Yeah, you can obviously always put those in the Facebook group, Not Another True Crime group, or DM them to our Instagram at Not Another True Crime. And you can follow me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. You can follow me at Cashmere Danny, Cashmere with a K. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Not Another True Crime podcast is produced by Jorge Morales Pico, Sean Kilby, and Rebecca Sosmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Sarah Levine. Be sure to follow at Not Another True Crime on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send all of your emails to NATC at Betches.com. Betches.